0: Hello there, and welcome back to Black O'Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Wheel of Time. This is episode two, Shadows Training, written by Amanda Schumann, directed once again by Uda Brezowitz. My rating for this one is an eight out of ten. I wasn't the biggest fan uh, of some of the CGI, particularly at the uh, bridge caught my attention. And the whole, you know, chase, sit, chase, sit, (laughs) got exhausting by the end of the episode, but we are filling a little bit of blanks into what makes these particular individuals of some import or merit to the story. And we're learning a little bit more on How they can impact the story in different ways so we start this recap with some captain being presented with a dish from the Lord which he enjoys before his tied up uh, captive which is a woman that's burning at the stake whose hands he removed I am NOT a fan of this particular type of villain or take on the these people they're so just over the top evil reveling ooh so delicious with the blood ripping down and i enjoy the bones And it you know i'm a sadistic fuck let me announce it to the entire world and somehow some way get a uh get a power base it doesn't even the most sadistic people usually had no one they had the answer to and it feels as if this guy is not above anything so maybe he is I don't like how he's being portrayed Um, all that white in the forest is illogical (laughs) and the woman that he is killing is a a sadai and he takes one of her rings because he's got trophies of them, because he's just going around loving killing women moraine and the others are still trying to outrun the trollocs giving chase through the forest over rivers and into the night one of them suggests possibly going indoors seeking shelter in the town and i'm like did you not see what happened to the last town i don't think that that's gonna help out at all And now you're condemning a whole bunch of other people to death. (laughs) She says, Moraine, that the only thing they fear is deep water, seeing as they can't swim. We find out when one accidentally falls in. So she gets the ferryman to ferry them over. It was a shit ton of them, too. And the eyeless one comes to witness them getting away and snarling in response. You tell them I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear They get to the other side of the river. Moraine explains fates can get Charlex to do most things, except drown themselves. The ferryman is concerned about his family and his son that is supposed to be due to come back anytime soon. And he thinks that that somehow is their problem. They're like, look, we can get you to safety. You're gonna put us in a compromising position if we let you go she decides that she gonna go ahead and sink this boat he decides he's gonna jump in the river and get sucked into the vortex because that's useful congratulations you played yourself i understand that you were concerned for your son but he had nothing of worth to these people he didn't even have a boat so you could have just met up with him later in the next town Or double back. I'm not sure why you needed to commit your life to the sea. Because it feels like they didn't harass that town in their wake. So, that's on you. Lon, and I found out it is Lon, side eyes Ran, who's like, I didn't say anything. They managed to outdistance themselves. So, Moraine can boost the horses. But, Lon reminds that she needs to... Boost her own damn strength by relaxing. Matt knows if Naive were here, she would give Moraine hell, with Egwene admitting she witnessed her being quote unquote killed. Perrin knows she didn't feel pain because something happening that quick wouldn't cause pain, <laughs> as it did with his wife i don't know seemed like she was coughing up blood and looking at him accusingly for a while iguane believes moraine could be right since they are being pursued so no so one of them could be the dragon reborn that is prophesized to put the world back together Rand points out they can't necessarily walk away considering the thumb that they're under moraine tells them your ideas are both wrong and right and I can hear y'all asses whispering. So go to sleep. Rand watches Egwene. Who is woken by Moraine in the middle of the night. And led into the forest. She explains to her the basics of what happened to the ferryman. And how that wasn't her fault. Especially as she is bound by three promises. That essentially prevent uh, the Aes from killing. Uh, killing unless their warder or themselves are threatened with mortal Porel. Despite calling it weather predictions, it's all from the same source, the one power. Egwene has this gift and can access the source. My guess is so does Naneve. She gives her a stone and shows her how to use her gifts. Then tells her that the wind listens to you. She goes back to lay with Ran and cuddle, but he wanted to be alone and she understands I can't have my cake. He needed to. Perrin looks to be injured or poisoned. I'm not sure. If it's poisoned, then I feel like he'd be dead already. Unless for some reason, the... What do they call them again? (laughs) I just keep calling them orcs because that's what they remind me of. But that he's immune to their poison. He's joined by the fire by Egwene. She admits to him that they will never go back home rand wakes to something in his throat and dislodges a bat which was disgusting before a dark figure is before him he wakes from his dream and with bats all over the damn place um they realize they all dreamt of the same thing in different ways because other people saw the bats having their neck slit like what is that rand gets angry and demands to know things that moraine cannot possibly explain but he points out only women have a place at the white tower he's feeling some kind of way moraine is like look i'm tired i'm wounded and i'm rather exhausted by your hostility so come or don't come you gotta make a fucking decision and it's up to you goodbye matt tells him he's right to be concerned over moraine but that's no reason to be an ass to Egwene who uses rationale about their current situation. And we'll follow Moraine as, one, she's the only person that's been protecting us. Two, we have no way of protecting ourselves. And three, it feels like something's going on, so maybe we should just figure out what that is before we make rash decisions. Lon stayed behind to watch them have this argument especially ran watching his ass he then comes and scouts at the and reports due to his scouting that the white locks whom we met at the top of the hour are going to coincide with them lon takes her ring and tells them don't mention a Sedai or the white tower just as they are about to be set free when the initial white cloak guy that didn't seem like he was too much of an asshole The questionnaire with more flair than he needs to have decides to put his hands on Moraine and Lon ain't shy about telling him about his manners. I'll put a whooping on their ass so fast boy. Moraine tells them of the Trollocs attack. She does this just as he's inspecting her fingers. She's appealing to the commander and how she was wounded and if they may be able to help. They seem to believe in the idea of the Dark One rising. These children of the light seem to be intent on being the saviors while despising the women who have the power. It seems to assist armies they are against. A Lot of political maneuvering it appears. The questionnaires decide to go south instead of east where the attack happened to do higher purpose like things which include indulging in more of their their need for sadism. At least the kids knew to shut the hell up and stay out of grown folks' business. Egoine inquires about her breaking the rule of not lying. She tells her, you have to listen carefully because I didn't lie as I was badly injured and I cannot heal myself. That is why our sisters travel together. I can heal others. not not myself during the journey matt starts a song they all sing to with moraine looking paler by the moment they don't even know that the song refers to a very momentous event in their history mountain home is what their village used to be called and is now called two rivers she tells of the great Mantherian battle that took place where they were promised reinforcements against the Dark One's army, but denied. They still held out for 13 days, even though they were ridiculously overwhelmed. We got some 300 type action here. The, uh, many of the regular residents came out to defend their home until they were all killed then the queen, feeling her husband died, drew more power from the source than anyone could handle and incinerated but not before incinerating the army that killed everyone. The children and their minders were hidden in the mountain from which they are the descendants. She tells them the old blood runs deep in you. They are skirting Sado Lagoth, which is a dangerous place but seems to keep the Trollocs away she plans to avenge her seven sisters with that uh, questionnaire guy but Lana encourages her to rest I'm looking forward to that showdown and I need her to kill him while Egwene and Ran gather firewood she has to talk instead of this attitude he has though he understood three days ago she needs him to look at her and know that he doesn't hate her. And he's like, I can never hate you. And I'm already over them. <laughs> Two episodes in. And I'm, I am i don't like Mophie. I just don't. Just, I need a, a mature couple. Or if they are going to argue, argue about mature shit. <laughs> Prynne is still hiding his wounds and surrounded by wolves. Is he a werewolf? They didn't lick his wound and then just ran along. What the fuck is up with that? Lauren tells the kids, staring at an increasingly unwell moraine, to... Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. If you're tired, be quiet and go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. Go to sleep, go to sleep. Go to sleep. Night, they are found with Moraine unconscious. He tells them to head to Shadow Lagoff, a Shadow Lagoff where they are chased. But they don't dare to follow them inside. Even the horse balked. He felt his feet. <laughs> I don't even know if that's the same horse. Karen, uh I know his name was. Her name was Bella. So it was a female, she felt her fate. Perrin points out that there is no signs of life and Moraine is barely breathing as they choose their lodgings for the night. This city is the same one that reneged on that aid deal to the Mantharians. So Karma was a bitch and found them. Ran and Iguane (laughs) make up Matt gives Perrin a knife that Layla made with kind words about his wife and how kind she was. While Perrin does the same about how the village will help take care of his sisters. Matt goes walking and picks up a jeweled knife just as the horses are spooked, wicking everyone. He told him not to touch anything so everything that occurs after this point is Matt's fault. One horse just straight up disintegrates into ash. I will remember you. Moraine waits just long enough to chastise lon's decision making. The black shadow separates the group with Rand and Matt heading in one direction and Perrin and Egwene heading in the other. Um, I wonder because he took that knife from this place that that evil gonna follow him. They all escape from the dangerous city, and I'm really surprised the orcs wouldn't just be outside waiting for them. Like, eventually they're going to bring their ass out. (laughs) (laughs) Now they are miles away from each other, with the moraine still unwell, but the episode ends on a, uh, I don't know, high note? I don't know how high it is because it looked like she was ready to do violence. Balan gets a a, a sword to his throat and it's Naneve who wants to know where her children are. Nobody fucks with the Jesus. And that is the episode. Uh, like I said before, it was a little slow in some parts just because of the exposition. Um, and then the the back and forth of the chase got rather... You know, stale after the second time and i, I just really want to see them interact with more characters and more things happen as far as you know who is the dragon reborn we don't seem to know which one among it if i had to put money on it i'm gonna say uh ran because his dream seemed a lot more vivid i like get the the bat was inside him while everyone else the bat was not inside of So that's all the evidence I have to support my case. (laughs) So if you want to send feedback for our next episode, blackguardcouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below on this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blackguard magic.